Well, good morning. How about we uh, turn around and say hello to the folks around you? Just go ahead and say hello, wave to them. If they're from Omaha, ask them what their name is. Joy to be with you. Today we have lots of guests who are here. And again, I want to say welcome to our friends from Omaha. I want to introduce you to two more people. They are fictitious. So um, if anything about um, uh, Adam and Eve today rings true in your life, just know that this is completely fictitious. And just want to introduce you to a guy named Adam, a gal named Eve. Well, let's just talk about the last two years. Uh, Adam and Eve, uh, happily married. They've been married, I don't know, let's call it uh, 15 years. Um, up to this point, you know, um, things are going really well. They've had their ordinary ups and downs just like everybody else has. But, you know, for the most part, a, a pretty healthy marriage. Um, their families are, are ordinary people, uh, just like everybody else's families is. They're both from South Louisiana. They live somewhere in Cajun country. Adam works hard. He is the breadwinner for the family. Um, he is out there, let's just call him in, in middle management somewhere. What he does is not really important. Um, he, he's bringing in most of the, the revenue for the family. Uh, Eve has a little part-time job. She has had the privilege of staying at home with their three kids. Adam and Eve, doing well before COVID hit. Here came COVID. Adam, you know, thought it was a conspiracy, didn't really think that there was anything really, really big about it. Um, Eve, um, she was just worried because she couldn't go to church on Sunday religiously anymore. When, they, when the diocese of Homotibido said that we're not having mass, that kind of threw her for a loop. Um, and Adam and Eve, have, um, they have a healthy marriage because um, Adam doesn't work at home. Um, that's why their marriage is healthy, right? And all of a sudden, Adam had to start working from home, and he was in Eve's space, right? And uh, Eve actually looked at Adam one night and said, I like you better when you're not here, right? Um, lots of tension in their marriage because they were just around each other a lot more. Um, Adam doesn't have an at-home office. He was working in the kitchen, and then she kicked him out of the kitchen, and she put him in the, the, the kids' room. So he had to actually had to work in the kids' room. Um, it was it was awkward. There were lots of financial strain. He kind of had to take a pay cut because of COVID, um, and there was a lot of financial pressure on their marriage. I was respecting the the age of the ears here. Let's just say for the PG thirteen ears in the crowd that Adam, because of the stress, began to look at the internet just a little bit more, and uh, he he began to look at things on the internet that uh, a grown man shouldn't. He had kicked that addiction a long time ago, but COVID has brought that back into his life. He thinks Eve doesn't know, but guys, your wife always knows, right? Right? Eve has been struggling because there's a division down her family, right down the middle. There are those who want to canonize Trump, and there are those who think he doesn't deserve to go to heaven. There are those who want to canonize Biden. There are those who doesn't think that he needs to go to heaven. Family is massively divided because of politics. Half of Eve's family thinks that China came up with the COVID virus, and the other half of, of Eve's family doesn't think that COVID is anything whatsoever. It all came to a head um, on Labor Day weekend of 2020 
when Eve was getting ready for the big annual family get-together for Labor Day, and half of her family was appalled because she couldn't believe that she was going to expose her parents to COVID. Doing the best they possibly can. Now the kids are out of school. That's just a nightmare. All five of them are in a small house just trying to do the best they possibly can. Tension's building. Adam's on his phone now. You can just let your imagination go where he's going there in his free time. Distance between he and Eve is just growing by the day. Here comes the Delta variant last summer. And now people are actually getting COVID that they know. More polarized tension in Eve's family because, you know, there's, there's the blame game going on. Here comes the vaccine. Lord have mercy. Try having that conversation in Eve's family. No way that's happening. Adam's job is requiring Adam to get the vaccine. He's struggling with that morally because he, 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 he just has a particular philosophy toward that. And that's not, neither good nor bad. It just is what it is. Lots of tension going on. Finances are strapped. Kids are at home. Here comes Ida. I mean, you thought things were tough. Ida. They fared okay. They had some damage to the roof. Um, there was a day when Adam could get on the roof, but that day is no longer. Eve tried to tell Adam that. He didn't listen. He falls off the roof, hurts himself. His knee hurts now. More hospital bills. He's wounded in his pride. Still struggling with the phone. Greater distance between he and Eve. Here's Eve, and every night that she, um, that Adam has to do work late at night because he wants to go look at the phone, um, Eve is praying for Adam. And she's begging God for a miracle, and she is asking God, God, where are you? My, my marriage was fine prior to all this. Where are you? You obviously want my marriage to be healthy. You obviously called me into the marriage. Where are you? She's asking for a miracle. Eve, every night, begging for a miracle. Adam and Eve. Don't you shake your head. Don't raise your hand. But how many of us know Adam and Eve? How many of us know the tensions of COVID? How many of us know the reality of Ida? Maybe that's you. Maybe you know somebody who's there. But if God could say something to you today about that, and maybe give you just a little bit of hope about where he's been, would that be worth listening for? Open up your bulletin. Let's dive into the question because God has spoken already in some pretty dramatic ways in lines that are so, uh, I think, silent to us. Page 9 is where we're going. Page 9. Adam and Eve, where is God? Eve is begging God. She doesn't know where he is, right? 
Um, it, it is because of Adam and Eve that, yes, last week we started a new series called Reboot. Very quickly, let me just walk you back in the water, knowing that a lot of us uh, may not have been with us last week. Last week, letter A, page 9, I talked about how there's exterior stress that we've all been dealing with. When there's exterior stress, we're all tempted to grasp at something to help us forget about the stress. Amen? Right? Wisdom is knowing how you deal with stress. And so I asked last week, A2 and three, A3, I said, how you been dealing with COVID? How you been dealing with Ida? And then we looked at Jesus, and we said Jesus last week was tempted in three ways, right? He was te- uh, tempted with the three Ps, right? Pleasure, possessions, and pride. And I said, I'm going to make a bet that you have been, in the last two years, more susceptible to stress and temptation around the three Ps in life, right? Our pleasure, our possession, and pride. That's what we did last week. And we said last week that when a computer gets overloaded and overwhelmed, sometimes it's just good to reboot the computer. And I said, hey... Who needs a fresh start? Adam and Eve need a fresh start. A lot of us raised our hand and said, I need to reboot myself. And I said, if that's where you are, welcome to Lent. God doesn't keep score. It's a clean slate. How about we just jump into this together? And left you with some homework last week. I said, ask the Lord over the next seven days, where are you now and how'd you get there? Because we got, I gave you a map last week. And at the bottom of page um, uh, 10 there, if you need to have access to the homily, then you can read uh, the homily. You can listen to the homily online if you need to do that. But let's go to page 11 because I want to tell you a story about a different married couple today. Uh, It's not about Adam and Eve. It's about Abraham and Sarah. That's what's cooking in the first reading from the book of Genesis. Now, this is a story that a lot of us are so familiar with that we've just kind of heard it over and over and over. And the more you hear something, the less you, you listen to it, right? And so we've heard the story of Abraham who is having a conversation with God, right? This is before his name has been changed. And Abram is having a conversation with God and Abram says, I want a son. He's childless. Back in the day, that was a big deal. Children were a sign of God's blessing and having no children was a sign of you not being blessed by God. And Abram wants an heir. He's asking God for an heir. And in the conversation, something really important happens as God responds to Abram. E2 on page 11, Genesis chapter 15, verse 5. God took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if you can. Just so he added, will your descendants be? Three words. Changes everything. God said, Abram, go outside. So Abram says, okay. You're God, I'm not. I'm going to listen to you. And God says to Abram, okay. You want a son? Look at the sky. Count the stars if you can. Because you're going to have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And the reason why God said count the stars if you can is because I can't see them right now. We presume that it was dark outside when God had this conversation with Abram. However, look on page 11, E3. Later in today's first reading, as we continue in Genesis chapter 15, what we'll see is it says, as the sun was about to set, it's sunset. But the conversation that God had with Abram about counting those stars was before this. It was before sunset. The little line right there tells you that when God spoke to Abram and said, count the stars, Abram, it was before the sun was about to set. 
So when Abram walked outside and saw the stars, or, or was asked to look at the stars, he could not see the stars. But just because he could not see the stars did not mean that the stars weren't there. The stars are there right now, I just can't see the stars. Because it's daylight. The stars are there. Just because I can't see them doesn't mean they're not there. E5. And just because you can't see God doesn't mean that he's not there. Let's say that together out loud, E5. Just because we can't see God doesn't mean he's not there. One more time. Just because we can't see God doesn't mean he's not there. Because Eve, when her husband is cheating on her with a phone, is begging God to do something in her husband's life, and she does not see God doing anything in, in Adam's life. And please, God... I would love, please God, to have Eve have the ears to hear today's message. That just when you can't see God doing something, Eve, please just know, doesn't mean he's not there. Because a lot of us have been Eve when you pray for miracles in your kid's life or in your financial life or in your family's life. And there are a whole lot of times in our life when we can't see God. And if we're going to reboot, if we're going to ask a question every week over the next five weeks of Lent, I would love the question this week to be, where has God been in the last two years? Sometimes you can't see him, but it doesn't mean he's not there. Letter F, page 11. Sometimes we can't see God because we're looking out there and he's working in us. Let's say that together. Sometimes we can't see God because we're looking out there and he's working in us. Our Abram wants a kid. He wants a boy. And God says, I'm going to give you a son, Abram. Abram's talking to God. God's talking to Abram. God's saying, I'm God. You're not just do what I tell you to do. Abram is struggling to trust God because he doesn't really want this relationship thing. He just wants a kid. And eventually, he takes matters into his own hands, right? He doesn't see the kid that God is gonna prom has promised him. That's because Abram's looking at the kid, and God is looking at Abram. Sometimes when you can't see God, it's because we're so focused on what we want to happen, and God is trying to do something in us. See, Eve is focused on her husband. And she wants God to do something in Adam. What you don't know about, about Eve is she was always the apple of her dad's eye. She was the princess of the family until her younger sister came. Younger sister was named after her dad's mom. And she actually looked like her grandmother. And Eve always felt like her dad favored her sister more little wound there that she just kind of feels overlooked a lot of times and so here she is she is begging God to do something in her husband's life God it ain't happening she she knows what's happening with Adam right and she feels overlooked all over again see what's happening is God, God's got Adam but God's trying to tell Eve hey I have not overlooked you Eve look at me Eve She's looking at Adam. She wants it to be fixed. God's like, look at me. And she, see, she can't see God there because God wants to do something in her. 
And sometimes you can't see God because he wants to do something in us rather than just fix the problem that we gave him. Amen? Okay. Now, flip the page over. Page 12. There was Abram. He was married to Sarah. Sarah, as the reading today unfolds even more, is eventually going to negotiate another way to get a kid. She gets jealous of the mother, and then she blames Abram for her idea. It causes division in their marriage, and it causes division with Sarah. What did we learn? Letter G. Sometimes we can't see God because he has to do something in someone else before he fulfills the promise. Let's say G together out loud. Ready? Sometimes we can't see God because he has to do something in someone else before he fulfills the promise. Here's Eve looking at Adam, wanting God to work a miracle in Adam. Well, that's not going to happen until Adam does this. Turns back to God. Adam was always strong with God. He was a typical guy from South Louisiana. You know, not real vocal about it, but believes inside of his heart. And then here came the stress and the pressure of COVID. And he just, Adam's always felt like he had to provide. He's afraid of failure because of his own relationship with his dad. There's a lot of story we could talk about that, right? But when Adam felt like he wasn't providing financially, when he had to take that pay cut, he felt like a failure. And instead of looking at God, he did this. Grab that phone. See, Eve doesn't see the miracle because God's got to do something in Adam before he can heal the marriage. Adam's got to do this. He's got to turn back to God. And God's knocking on that door all day long. Adam, turn back, bro. Adam, turn back. Right? So sometimes we're not going to see God in our life because God has to do something in someone else's life in order to answer our prayer. Amen? Finally, letter F. Sometimes we can't see God because we're looking out there and he's working on us. Or, top of page 12, letter H. Sorry about that, I got lost. That's okay. Come back with me. Sometimes we can't see God because we're not looking at the whole picture and God wants to do more than we think. Here's Abram. Abram wants a son. God says, I want to give you a nation. Abram said, I just want a boy. And God says, I'm not giving you a boy. I'm giving you a nation. So Abram was looking at this little bitty thing. And God says, no, brother, I want to bless you much bigger than that. God doesn't want to simply heal Adam of his addiction. Adam wants to heal God of the addiction. Heal Adam's trust. Heal Eve's trust. Heal their marriage, the way it's impacting their kids. Like sometimes we can't see God because we're just looking too small. God wants to do a lot. And we don't have the courage to say there, right? We don't believe that he's that generous because we can't see him. Where is he? If not forever, permanently, right here. You want to see him? Right here. 
Now, you may not see them in your bills, and maybe you don't see them in the roof, and maybe you don't see them in the struggles of a marriage. But he ain't going nowhere. He's not hiding. He's right here. And those arms are nailed open for a reason. He's open to you. And he says, hey, you want to see me? I'm right here. He says to Eve today, I'm not afraid of suffering. And he says to Adam, I will always forgive you. And he says to you today, that just because you can't see him out there, doesn't mean he's not involved in your life. And just imagine... Just imagine if for the rest of the match, you could go right here. Just imagine what would your life look like or your prayer look like if we spent the rest of mass at the cross looking up at him. If you are Adam, brother, welcome. I'm going to be in the confessional after Mass, and if you were looking for a sign from God that you need to go to confession, this is it. I'm going to be in the confessional after Mass because I love you, and he does too. He says to, to all of us, he says to Eve, Eve, like, don't give up on Adam, don't give up on me. And that, if you're Eve, oh, come on, Eve, just stay right here. Let's bring all the Adams, let's bring all the Eves, let's put you and your heart right here. And let's listen to him say that just because you can't see him doesn't mean he's not there. Amen?